What's up, everyone? How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the True North Racing Podcast. I'm your host, John Morrison. Uh, this week on the program, we have the founder of Lift the Visor, Jory Elliott, joining us. We sat down with him. We talked about mental health in uh, motorsports. We talked about our own mental health journeys. We, uh, yeah, so much we, ch- we talked about in this episode. It's unreal. Um, I can't fit it all in here. So, guys, make sure you guys check it out. Before we do, we're going to have a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Let's go. All right, everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Jomo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well, providing off-season, mid-season, end-of-year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O-Promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Jomo Media. Alright guys, just before we jump into our episode here, we are going to have a quick uh, little chat like we always do. I'm starting to do this little thing now, I don't know why, I just decided to do it. Um, starting next week, we are going to be announcing our driver lineup, and we are going to be doing, I guess, a little read. I'll do a little ad read here about them. Not too sure exactly what I'm going to plan out yet. Um, we have uh, a few things to go on. Um, so first things first, guys. Jomo Media merch and jo- and True North Racing podcast merch is available. Check out the link in our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter bios. Uh, use our link tree. Um, yeah, guys, get yourself some swag. Uh, love them. I love them. I wear mine almost daily. I wear sweaters. I got hoodies. I got um, crew neck sweaters. I got t-shirts. Man, I love them. I love them to death. They're awesome. They're comfy. I got hats. Um, go check them out. Um, if you guys want to place a personal order, order, let me know. I'll uh, get it shipped to me, and then I'll ship it on to you. Um, or I'll meet up with you guys, whatever you guys want to do. Um, what else are we going to Yeah, I had a great weekend, guys. Um also, uh, if you don't catch it in the episode, I'm going to drop the um, link for uh, Lift the Visor in our uh, in our bios for the uh, bio for the week. Um, head over to my link tree. You guys will find it in the bios. Um, get yourself some uh, Lift the Visor stickers. This is a great initiative into uh, helping uh, um, into mel- into mental health and motorsports. Um, you guys are going to learn more a lot about it in this episode from Jory Elliott. Um, yeah, guys, so let's sit back, relax, and let's go racing. All right, guys, this week on the True North Racing Podcast, we have Jory Elliott with us. Jory, how are you? I'm great, and I'm happy to be here to talk about uh, a topic that's maybe not the most <laughs> enjoyable to talk about for some people, but it's getting the word out. So uh, thanks for having me, John. No problem. Thank you. Um, so... You are the uh, founder of uh, Lift the Visor, correct? Yeah. And what is exactly is Lift the Visor? Lift the Visor is uh, a mental health initiative for the motorsports community specific to um, our group of people, I guess you could say. Uh, I think the reason that I created it was uh, understanding that there's a lot of um, I guess just macho I've had people send me messages like it's a macho sport it's a it's an unforgiving sport it's uh 
you know, there's no room for weakness for lack of a better term. And um, I just don't believe that to be true. I think that if we feel more comfortable uh, as ourselves and, and are able to share what we're going through, whether it's good, bad, whatever, um, that will actually perform better or, or be more enjoyable to be around uh, and have more fun. And so that's, that's really what it's all about is just showing people that way that it's okay to struggle and it's okay to talk about it. And you're actually going to get more enjoyment out of the things that you do in the motorsports community by doing that. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's actually really good. Um, so you, you told me you're, you've been a motor in the motorsport world since uh, 1979, correct? I was born in 1979. <laughs> uh, but my dad was racing then. So I was literally raised at the track. My sister was actually driven to the hospital in the crew cab with the trailer on the back, uh, because she was early, she was a preemie. And uh, they, my dad had to drive my mom to the hospital in the race rig. So uh, we're we're a racing family. Like I've been at the track. I was a I was a track brat. You know, just running around, causing trouble. Didn't know I was causing trouble. That kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 in me, right? Like it's you. Yeah. You grow up at the track. Uh, you don't even have to grow up at the track to have racing be in you because it is such an addictive um, pastime. It's, it's the competition, it's the camaraderie. There's just so many things that go into it that make it really, really appealing uh, to the, the human senses. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong there at all. <laughs> um, so obviously being, you know, being involved in motorsports since pretty much the day you were born. Um, so tell us about a little bit about the background you grew up with. You said you grew up with drag racing, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Drag racing background. I don't know. Am I the first drag racing guest you've had on the yes, you are. podcast? Cool. I, I'm, depends on, uh, yeah, I guess so. Because, um, one of my other guys, uh, their dad was involved in mud bogging. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, and honestly, anything with an engine where you're like competing is, is cool. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, I love, you know, one of my favorite random motorsports is the hill climb. I yes. think that is just like the wildest thing that, that you build this thing to go up a, an incline as fast as you can. Um, it's, but it's cool. So yeah, I, I grew up in drag racing. My dad was a professional quote unquote, uh, spent a lot of his own money, like so many people do uh, to try and ascend to the highest levels of the sport. And he did uh, in 1993, he was racing a nitro funny car at the U S nationals, which is the biggest drag race in the world. Um, but Leading up to that, he owned uh, a, a jet funny car, which was a, a, a like a nitro funny car, but with a jet yeah. fighter engine in it yeah. uh, that went, I, I think at the end he was going 200, almost 290 miles an hour Jesus. in 5.7 seconds in the quarter mile with it. <laughs> um, I saw some bad accidents along the way where I thought he was a goner and he walked away and, um, you know, went to to everywhere from Florida to Texas to, uh, out East. Um, so I, I got to travel a lot and I'm really, really grateful for that experience. I think it gave me some worldly views, uh, that a lot of my friends didn't necessarily have and, um, made some great friends, uh, traveling around. We had like a little traveling circus, right? So, yeah. uh, every track we went to somebody different would come in from, you know, maybe we were out closer to the Midwest and somebody from, you know, the West coast would be at that event. And then we'd go to the East coast and we'd pick up a couple of guys or girls from over there. And, 
Um, it was just a really cool lifestyle and I didn't do any sports on, in the summertime. I was gone to the races every weekend with my dad. Sometimes we'd leave on a Wednesday and not come back until Sunday or Monday. So, oh, wow. um, it was quite a, it was quite a, an interesting life, like sleeping on the floor of the crew cab, using the drive shaft tunnel as my pillow and, uh, like, like amazing memories, um, from being a track brat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's, that's the history or the background of, of how I am involved in motorsports. My dad was just chasing his dream. Like so many people are. Yeah. And then, in, uh, I, I, I think it was 2009. I think we said it was, um, with the summer showdown down in Delaware. Mm. So you kind of moved from dealing with a lot of drag racing stuff to oval track stuff. How did that transition go there? That and why, and a, what happened with that one? So such an awesome story. So, uh, one of my, a guy who's still my friend to this day, Kevin Bulmer was the general manager at Delaware Speedway. I moved to London. Uh, I was a new guy there just looking for work. And, uh, I saw an ad for track help, like selling hot dogs or whatever it was yeah. at Delaware Speedway. And uh, I had been doing motorsports marketing and PR for four or five years at that point, but only in the drag racing space. And so I sent him my resume. He's like, man, you're way overqualified for what I need you to do. But like, would you do it? Because I think you've got a good sense for the motorsports community and how people kind of flow. And I said, sure, whatever you need me to do. So one week I'm doing parking lot security. The next week I'm doing hot dog sales on the, you know, the barbecue. And uh, I forget what else he had me doing, but that started that relationship um, with Delaware Speedway and Kevin. And then Kevin went and started his own business uh, and things kind of aligned where uh, one of the owners that, that owned the track when he was the general manager um, decided to purchase it outright. And he yeah. wanted to do it right. And so he spent money to repave pit road. Uh, they redid the garage, um, just spent money, redid the hospitality suite in the tower. Um, and he wanted to do this summer showdown race. Yeah. And uh, he brought Kevin's new company in as the organizer. We did yeah. everything. We did all the weekly stuff too, uh, the NASCAR race and everything. But <clears throat> that showcase race, was uh, kind of like the owner's pet project. Like he wanted to do something big. Yeah. And uh, I remember going through the process of how are we going to do it? And it's actually a real, it's such a cool tie-in when you think about how things work in the motorsports world. So um, we're sitting there kind of brainstorming, like who, who do we bring? First of all, it's the yeah. first time we're going to do this. And we knew at the time Kenny Wallace had been at, some track somewhere in Ontario as a sort of a show guy. And I think that uh, was like uh, we, Flamborough in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. I believe he, so. He Cause I was at that race as well. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh, we're like, we got to go bigger than that, but like, what's the budget. And, and, and so there was a guy at the time who was doing, who was booking those drivers in for special events. And uh, I was tasked with talking to him and seeing what we could work out. And, He's like, here's the price of these guys, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we were just like, no, that doesn't seem right. Like, that doesn't sound right. So I did a little digging and I found Kyle Bush's agent, the guy who actually handled all of his yeah. business dealings and went straight to him. And I said, hey, um, we're interested in having Kyle come up. And, and knowing that he was doing that in the U S cause he just loves racing. He loves yeah. winning. Yeah. He's, he's got a sickness. Uh, so he's, he's, he's diehard. And, uh, it was, uh, it was incredible. Like, um, first, first 
choice was Tony Stewart. He yeah. wanted a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Jesus he essentially priced himself out of doing those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, and that was our, that was our total budget for drivers. So we're like, okay, well, we can't blow it all on one guy. We need to yeah. have a little bit, you know, a couple different guys. And um, so, yeah, we just thought, you know what? The Kyle Bush angle was so attractive at that point. Cause he was hated by so many people. Um, he Guilty. wasn't, yeah, yeah, he wasn't <laughs> a champion yet. And, uh, but he was real, real good, right? Like he was that raw, yeah. you're either first or you're last, right? Yeah. Um, he still and, is to uh, this day. So like he still is go... to this day. Totally. Right? And that's, I think that's why he's endured. Uh, and, and people have kind of, you know, they maybe don't like him, but they can appreciate who yeah. he is as a race car driver. And um, yeah, so we, you know, what night are we going to do it? Well, I, I came up with the Wednesday night idea because we used to go uh, with my dad and run Wednesday night um, shows in Atco, New Jersey. Okay. And the guy would fill the place for three hours, drag races. Um, we'd just go in and do a show and that'd be it. Everybody goes home. And I'm like, I think that would really work like a Wednesday night. Cause it's different. It gets people's attention. So we're like, let's do it on a Wednesday. Let's, yeah. let's just see what happens. Um, so we did that and we booked in a couple of other drivers, David Rudiman and yep. uh, Jason Leffler. And, um, you know, it, it was, it wasn't that I chose to go into the stock car world. The stock car world kind of chose me because of that one chance encounter where I was looking for some work when yeah. I first moved to a new place and, uh, and ended up organizing, you know, this amazing race, uh, that whole time that we were doing the, the marketing and PR was fantastic, like working with NASCAR Canada and they were just sort of fresh back into Canada or had bought the Cascar series. And yep. um, it was a, it was a really cool and having one owner of the track who wanted to spend money and wanted to showcase, you know, his facility. Uh, it was a, it was a really cool experience. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I ended up in the, in the stock car world. Um, I had always followed it, obviously. I mean, it's where you're a motorsports person, you're a motorsports person. You appreciate every type every of motorsport. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cause I was, to, I was actually at that event, the summer showdown in 2010 or yep. whatever, 2009, 2010, whatever. And I were like, I, I told you earlier, I was like, you know, this is, I may never get to an NASCAR event. I was about 16 at the time. I want to say, and I swore I was never going to be able to afford to go to a NASCAR race, never see these guys up close and personal. And when the guy I was crewing for, David Elliott, yep. their team committed to that. I was like, this may be my shot to get actually like near some of these drivers. Yeah. And like, of course, you couldn't get near Kyle Busch. Like, I saw the security right. for Kyle Busch. Yep. But David Rudiman, uh, you know, like, I saw Kyle Busch working underneath the car and that was phenomenal to see that he was actually willing to take the time and work on the car to because yep. he doesn't want to just come out and ride around for, I think it was a hundred lap race or whatever. He doesn't want to come around and come out and just run the run a hundred laps. He wants to, he wants to win. He's got that drive and to see him actually get underneath there, talk to the guys and work out the Kings for the car to, to get him as fast as he was. That was something I will never forget watching him do all that stuff. I'm, I, I'll hate him to the day he retires. <laughs> I, I, I full on admit to that. I hate him for winning all the time. I hate him because of his attitude a lot of time, but the sole fact that he is still such a short track racer at heart. Yep. 
I have to respect that. I can't deny totally. his drive for still supporting uh, local short track racing as much as he's such, he, he is a superstar in the NASCAR Cup Series. Yep. And, um, you know, there's some interesting side stories there. Like he got into the track champion's car yeah at delaware and made changes like yeah. he didn't just show up and go yeah i got the best car and the best crew and the you know the best coach because steve robley was oh, arguably yeah. the king yep. of delaware at that time and uh yeah he changed he changed the whole setup on the car <laughs> and they're just like what is this guy doing and and he came in so he flew in uh to the london airport we picked him up and he came in and I can't remember what time it was two or three in the afternoon and uh, like wanted to get on the track right away. And we had planned for that so that they could go out and, uh, and make some laps and work on the car a little bit. But he was like the entire time he didn't take a break. Yeah. He was out there running laps in his fire suit under the car. Like it was, it was phenomenal just to watch this guy who we paid a bunch of money. He flew on a private jet. Yeah. picked him up in a limo and then he's out there just grinding it out in the Ontario summer heat yeah. to win a race in a, in a late model. Like he could have just taken the money and gone home, but he exactly. wanted to win. He just wanted to win. I, <laughs> and that's what it's all about. I love it. Exactly. And like I said, that was one of the greatest shows I think I've ever seen. Like I, I think I somewhere, I believe on my Facebook page, I have a picture. Um, David started, I think outside pole of Kyle Busch in the heat race. Yeah. I have a picture of that of them two coming across the line to start the race. How cool. You know, I'm that's a like again, that's <laughs> and the fact that like David Rudiman was like three stalls down from me. Uh Jason Leffler was like four stalls north to the to the uh yep. beginning of pit road on my right, you know, and then Cobbish was another eight. Like I'm like so close to these guys. It was it was on it was unbelievable the whole event was. And you know, I gotta thank you guys for doing such even though that's you know, that's a decade in the past now. Yeah. You know, I got to yeah. thank you guys for doing that. That was, that was incredible. It was a lot of fun. I think it we was even a ton of fun Delaware. for us too. Yeah. I yeah, think we was, sold out Delaware for the night. Did we it's, not? it's the, it was the biggest single event as far as gross revenue yeah. in the history of the track. Uh, I think like max capacity was 5,000. Yeah. Uh, and it was sold out. Um, ticket price you know whatever it was 40 dollars or something i think per yeah. person um which isn't bad for the show you got oh, uh, i don't no. think uh <laughs> but uh um you know uh, concession revenues and all of the stuff i mean we had i think 400 people in the corner from apc uh yeah. in a in a tent um having a great time and uh, that was my responsibility to look after them make sure they had <laughs> enough cold beer uh so you know, it was for me too, as the person who organized it, uh, I got to enjoy all of it. I got to enjoy the process of finding the drivers and, you know, planning those autograph sessions beforehand and, and the, the VIP stuff. And I have a picture somewhere of Kyle and I on pit road after I, I, I can't remember if it was after practice or when it was, but uh, I looked pretty sweaty from, <laughs> from running around all day. I think I got a bit of a, you know, like the sun tan oh, sunburn yeah. in between somewhere in between. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was an amazing event and I actually got to enjoy the last, like I sat and watched the race with my family yeah. and a really close family friend. I think the last 10 laps or something and watching him bow, uh, when he won the race, yeah. I was just like, you could not write this script. If you tried, you no. couldn't, no, it, it's impossible. Like 
put him in a late model on a Wednesday night with the the best, like DJ Kennington's an unreal racer. Oh, 100%. And Delaware's a, a like, they if got you ever some want of the to talk about home field advantage. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you want to talk about home field advantage and yep. he came in and whooped them all. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. That, that yeah. was, amazing. yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we're going to shift away from that event. Cause I, like I said, mm. I, I could talk about that event all day long. Like that, <laughs> like I said, that was the biggest one day event I ever been to a lot of yeah, fun. Very cool. Um, so obviously, uh, when did you, when did exactly did you start lift the visor? I came up with the idea in 2019. Um, I'm actually a hockey coach by trade. So there's an initiative for mental health and performance in uh, the hockey community, goaltending specifically, which is my specialty, uh, called Lift the Mask. Okay. And um, I really, really was drawn to that idea of lift, like taking off the, the shield or the visor or the helmet or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and saw the impact that that had in that community. Uh, and I just thought, you know what? Um, there's not, there's nothing in motorsports that's really dedicated to that, uh, in yeah. a way that, that creates a brand almost, and I'm a marketing guy. So I'm thinking about, you know, the, the appeal of it, it has to have some appeal. It has to have some continuity. It has to have something that people can attach to. And like, if you see it in California or you see it at Santa pod in the UK, or you see it in Australia or, or Ontario, it's going to have that consistency to it, which is what people relate to. Uh, and so I got the blessing of, and had some great conversations with the creator. Who's a friend of mine. Uh, he's in Colorado. Okay. Um, and I had some great conversations with him. I just said, Hey, I want to plagiarize your, your lift the mask and create lift the visor for the motorsports community. I think it's such a fantastic depiction of, you know, that we live under that visor. Yeah. Um, and we bet we're tough guys or we're tough girls and we're, you know, we got to be that and, and, let's lift it. Let's take that away. Um, the same as his lift the mask initiative was. So 2019 was when I created it. I actually launched it in late 2019, 20, but interestingly enough, I did it from a place that wasn't authentic to me. So I still had some of the old programming for lack yeah. of a better term from prior to my mental health challenges. And it was too early for me to launch it. Um, from my own personal standpoint, never too early from what's needed out in the, the world. But um, I, I went about it in a way that was, you know, we talked about a little bit before we started authenticity in, yeah. in an organic sort of grassroots growth. And um, I, I, I put more pressure on it than what was necessary for it to be successful. And it actually hurt it, which is something that I've learned along the way, uh, less force, more alignment equals probably better results in the end. Right. Um, and so I, I actually scrapped it. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I, it doesn't feel right. I did something wrong when I created this and unleashed it. And it's a great, this is a great lesson for me and everybody else to hear. Um, the idea, the concept was right. My mindset wasn't right as far as how it needed to be delivered. Um, and, and I, I failed. That was a failure right there. I said, I, this is, I, I messed this up. Um, and I had collected donations and uh, I, I gave them all back. And I just said, like, I, it doesn't feel right. I haven't done this the way I wanted to. And then um, I, I, in December, January of this past, so December, 2020 into January, 2021, 
Um, I had three people, um, one who was a high school uh, friend, acquaintance, like knew him fairly well uh, in his 40s, committed suicide by himself uh, after losing his dad in December. Uh, and two people in the hockey community, friend, like connected to people that I coach. So yeah. directly connected to them. Young people, 119, 123, 24 commit suicide. And I'm just like, I can't sit on this. Like, it's not fair. It's selfish that I hold this back from the community that needs it. And it's not my, it's, it's, you know, stewing in that failure or whatever I thought it was from the first time around. Um, so I sat down and I created a plan and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some money of my own and get these decals printed and I'm going to build a website on my own and I'm going to do all this stuff and create this infrastructure and invest my time in something that people can see and physically hold um, and then allow them to, to donate based on that rather than just asking for donations with no real functional thing. And I also thought that the decals were you know, it brings unity. It brings, it starts a conversation at the racetrack. It's hopefully something where somebody might not even ever say anything, but they're just going to feel more comfortable with their own struggle because they know somebody else has gone through something or understands what they're going through. And that was, you know, it all just kind of comes together. Life presents you a path and you either go down it or you don't. And this one was presented to me where these people who, you know, should still be here with us, are gone. Uh, and I had this idea that I, I launched, but then backpedaled on and felt like I was a failure about, and then, you know, said, okay, how do we go about this in a way that's authentic and true and in alignment with what I want? Um, and, and to allow the community to embrace it rather than it being forced on them as something that they need to do or asking for donations. It just didn't feel good to me to do that. So now I've created something that I feel people can own and, and take with them and tell their own story. Um, you know, they've got that decal and, and that's beautiful. Somebody sees that and says, Hey, you know, I need somebody to talk to or whatever. Uh, so that's really how the, that's how it came to be. It's a, it's a long story, but it's a, it's a worthwhile story to hear about, you know, just the journey of life. We, we have ups and downs and, you know, good ideas, bad ideas, whatever, or bad execution of a good idea. It just, yeah. <laughs> it goes on and on. Right. So, um, yeah, that's how we got to today. That's awesome. And, uh, I know, you know, uh, I do have myself a few mm. of these lift the visor stickers. Yeah. Um, not too sure where I'm going to display them yet. One of them for sure is going to be going on to, um, my street car, um, cool. to, I got uh, one on mine yep. to, to be driving around with. I also have a couple of the smaller lift the visor stickers, as you know, um, yep. I do have a helmet, um, in that red case, right. Or red bag right back there. Okay. Right my finger. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be getting a couple, I have a clear visor on there right now and that's going to go on one and my yep. other one's going to go on another visor. I'm going to pick up here, um, cool. soon. So whenever I go, go karting with my buddies, yep. um, I will always have a lift the visor sticker, uh, somewhere on my helmet. Right. Um, I'm not too sure what I'm going to do with that other with the visor sticker yet. Um, but for sure, I, I'm uh, honestly, to be honest with you, uh, mental health is a, is a huge um, uh, part of my life. Um, 
I don't have many stories to tell, um, but I know it can be hard on a lot of people. And I'm always that person that if anyone is struggling that I will, I, I have no issues, no matter what our past history is, I have no issues with them reaching out and being like, Hey, I need someone to talk to you. And I know I can talk to you. Yep. I, I know I'm that ally for people who, um, who may be struggling, who can reach out and be like, Hey, I'm in a bad space. Do you, do you mind helping me out? And when I, like I said, when I saw lift the visor and I saw your uh, TikToks, I've seen, I want to say I've seen, I, I swear I've seen everything before as well <laughs> from, mm. from lift the visor. And it could have been from yep. when you first launched it as well. Yep. Um, yep. And then to re-see it, I'm like, I got to get behind this. I got to, I got to found it, figure out how I can support um, lift the visor. And, you know, it's such a great initiative to help jumpstart that um, conversation within the, uh, within the motorsports community that even though myself may have never gone through hard times or, or struggling for mental health, um, I know there's someone that is, and you know, it's, it's not easy. It's never easy to open up and talk about it and to ask for help. And that's, that's the biggest thing is, is start is to start that conversation. You almost have to ask for help or you have to reach out or someone's got to know that, you know, something's not right there that, and that, you, you know what they need, they need that, that help. They need that guidance. And it could be as something as simple as such a, a hug all the way to, you know, getting coffee at Timmy's or going, you know, just sitting outside on the hood of your car uh, in the middle of summer, obviously. And, you know, and just talking or not even talking, just being there. Yep. Um, it's all about the support and being there for one another. Um, yeah. You know, um, we talked about it prior. Um, we lost someone in the racing community a year ago um, mm -hmm. to mental health. And, you know, it's, it's never fun. It, it you never want to hear that. And um, I, I, I told you to reach out to Jonathan Vay um, mm. that he would be a good ambassador for, for lift the visor. Um, you know, uh, even, even, you know, Logan Dillon, same thing. He's, he, he's a great, he'd be a great ambassador for you guys and helping create that community you guys are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, like, it, like you said, it's, it's not easy. You know, we're all seen as tough guys, you know, when you break, you snap. Right. Um, and it's, and you hurt a lot of people in the, in the process. Right. Correct. And yeah. that's something we're trying to avoid in a sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want people to, I want people to feel comfortable. Like I said, they don't necessarily have to share their story with everyone. They don't necessarily need to, go and get help. They don't, there's the, everybody's different in how this unfolds for them. Yeah. The important part is knowing that there's support somewhere and you don't need to just go and do something rash. That's going to hurt someone else or hurt yourself or um, heaven forbid, take you from us. That's yep. not a good result. Uh, and so, you know, just uh, talking to Jonathan uh, and Logan and so many people, and it was, it's so small right now to start, but how many people have shared how, you know, important this is to them to have something that they can show, you know, I don't have to tell my story, but I can show someone else that, Hey, 
this is a safe place, or this is a supportive place, or this is a whatever you need kind of a place. And um, we're going to try and grow together so that you can, you know, be in a better place, enjoy life more, uh, yeah. n- not snap. Like you said, because I, I was a snapper. Like if you read my, um, if you read my blog post, that's up on the, the lift the visor website, it talks about snapping. I mean, I snapped, that's what I did. Cause I was burying everything, pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down, ignoring it. And, uh, I'm lucky that I had the support I did, uh, to, to get through what I went through. Uh, some people don't feel like they do. And that's why lift the visor is needed. We need the people who don't feel like their family will support them or, you know, their boss or whoever to feel like somewhere in the community of people that they respect or the thing that they enjoy the most uh, in motorsports, there's someone who's willing to listen or just saying like, Hey, I've been there kind of thing with the, with the decal. So yeah, it's big. It's huge. Yeah. I'm uh I'm looking forward to see how uh uh how this grows, especially this year. Um, you know, it's it's like like we've like we've said multiple times now, it's never easy to be dealing with it. It's um but yeah, it's I, I just really hope to see this grow as much as uh, uh and help and help you in any way. Um I'm I'm putting it out there, man. Like if you need any help or anything, let me know. I'll be more than happy to help out. And uh, appreciate that a ton. I really do. Anytime. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Like any anything you need, man. Just you know, hit me up and be like, hey, um, can you help me with this? I'm 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 down for anything to help you. Yeah. That's um, and I. That's the kind of support I've I've found so far by letting it just go, just putting it out there. Yeah. Um, and allowing people to feel it in their own way uh, and, and take it for what it is to them, what it means to them. It's not me telling you what it is. It's, yeah. it's you feeling it and, and seeing it and saying like, this is, this is important to me because, and I'm not going to tell you why we yeah. all know, we all know it's, we want to help people. That's what we do. We're humans. We care about each other, even though sometimes we, act tough or whatever we got to do uh, deep down. We care. We want other people to be okay and, and enjoy life. And um, that's what this is all about. And whatever that means to the person who buys those decals and puts them on their race car or their, their street car or their helmet, wherever um, yeah. they're going to, they're going to be doing that in an authentic way to them. That means I'm a safe place to come to, to talk, or I've been through something myself or whatever whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so we, I, we've kind of touched on it a little bit here, but let's talk about, uh, you know, mental, mental health and bringing awareness to the community. And obviously you're going to be doing that by obviously just helping out with, uh, with getting these lift the visor stickers. Um, but what else are you looking at towards, um, bringing awareness to it? I have, I have huge aspirations for it. I'd love to do outreach at the tracks. I think, um, you know, I, I, we talked about, I grew up going to the races in the U S and racers for Christ is huge down there. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're at every event, uh, saying prayers for people who want prayer said, just, just bringing that support. Um, and I, I have no, I'm, I'm not delusional thinking I'm going to get <laughs> that big, but I'd love to be there in relation to a team who's taken it on, on a higher level 
and yeah. have some sort of representation where I'm just there as a, an additional layer to that. Hey, here's the support that you need if you want it, or here are the people who care about what you're going through. And there's more of us, you know, like we, we multiply. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's one thing that I would love to advance to. I think, um, you know, I, I'm quite confident there's going to be a, a race team who's going to come along at some point. And uh, I've got it on the website about donating team sponsorship if you've got a spot on your car. Um, but obviously, there's some financial logistics to that, creating yeah. logos that go there and things. And, um, you know, there may be somebody who comes along that uh, that opportunity is, is going to be very good for helping spread the word and making more people feel supported. Uh, and so I'd love to be able to, to make that happen. Uh, however that comes together, whether, you know, the, the donations that we're collecting end up funding that, uh, yeah. part of it to, to make that happen, just to put the logo on the car where they've said, I've got space, but you know, the low, the, the vinyl work is going to cost this much and we need to support that. Um, I think, you know, I, I would love to have it, um, be, Oh, what's the best way to say this? Something that, um, goes. So right now, you know, I've got a foothold in drag racing cause that's my background. I've got a yep. foothold in, um, in, in stock car racing, thanks to yourself and others, um, an oval track. And, and I, I just, the thing I want the most for it is for it to be, to spread through every community and connect us all because there are some groups who think that other groups are, you know, inferior in the motorsports community or whatever. Yeah. And we're not, we're all doing it the same. We all love it. Um, and I think that there's a bigger picture than just the mental health piece. I think that the connectivity that something like this could bring where an AMA rider and a stock car racer both have that, decal as part of their what they do and what they stand for um, yeah. and it would connect a community of of people that's much bigger than just you or i talking about it and that's re that's really what i hope for is that it's just embraced by the motorsports community as a whole whether you're a motorcycle racer a monster truck driver a, a open wheel sprint car driver i don't care like just i just want people to feel comfortable in yeah. every discipline of motorsport and that's really the the ultimate thing. I, you know what, man? That that's. I like I said. I really hope this. Uh, I I have a feeling this will uh, this will take off and this will succeed in the way, each and every way you you expect it would. Um, for the most part, there's the rate off, or not for the most part. In reality, the race community is such a tight knit community, and you know it. We support each other it doesn't mm -hmm. matter you know this the littlest things can make yep. the world of difference right agreed um, like uh off topic of of uh of uh lift the visor and, and mental health here you, we can almost look at the fire that took apart um nine race teams down in niagara on the lake it wiped out their entire all, all their cars yep. and instantly Merrittville got t-shirts made up they were selling pizzas. You, you know, I I myself have two t-shirts. I bought a couple t-shirts for it to, to help support because even though as much as we are compete competitors against each other, 
Yeah. We are such a tight knit community that, you know, if something needs a helping hand, you're going to help them. And absolutely. I feel it's going to start the, especially lift the visor. I feel like it's going to start small, obviously as, as with everything. And, you know, it's going to grow into this massive thing. And I, I, I fully believe it, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm like I said before, I'm going to let that happen. If that's the way it goes, I think that, you know, my job for lack of a better term is to, to facilitate that happening. So yeah. it came from my brain and that's, that's great. It's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I just want to let it flow in whatever direction it goes. Uh, for example, I had somebody, uh, an old connection from many, many years ago, reach out today on LinkedIn and just said, Hey, this is something that, that companies will get behind if we can make it appealing to them to do so. Yeah. And I said, absolutely. I understand that. Um, I'm not going to force that. I'm not going to go actively looking for companies to do it, but if there's an opportunity to get somebody on board who is authentic about being involved and we can take some money and move it to a place that's going to help more people. I'm, I'm in, let's yeah. go. Um, but I'm not going looking for that. I'm not making that happen per se, as though I'm like out canvassing people for sponsorship. Yeah. Um, but if there's a company who's like, this is a fantastic idea and we want to be involved, let's figure out how to do that. It's going to be okay. Here's how I see this going. The money's going straight through me because I'm just the conduit to get it out however we can to help more people, whether it's outreach at racetracks or, you know, putting the, the big vinyl on a, on a stock car or a sprint car or a drag car or whatever it is in a, an environment that will help spread the word, then that's exactly how it's going to go. But that's all going to happen organically. I'm not, I'm not drafting up plans (laughs) about like, this is how it has to go. And it's because I've, I've done that. And that was what, pushed me away from it the first time it didn't feel authentic like it was supposed to go that way Um, it felt like I was forcing it into existence and it's it's not meant to be forced it's meant to just happen uh for everybody the way they want it to happen yeah 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 um so let's talk about so I I I can't remember where my letter is all of a sudden um (laughs) and I feel bad so what are your um, your what are your missions and your goals uh with lift the visor well so the mission is pretty simple. It's to um, create a supportive environment where people feel that they can get the help that they need if they're struggling. Um, the second part of that is education and empowerment. I want people to uh, who maybe don't aren't comfortable with talking about mental health and don't have mental health challenges uh, to feel more comfortable because of what we're putting out there. So just saying it's no, it's normal to struggle. It's normal to have this stuff. You know, if you feel like maybe you don't have mental health, but you're snapping at people all the time, there's something going on there and that's okay. Let's talk about that. So I want to, I want to educate people. I want people to feel like it's just a thing that happens in life and we're, we're all, you know, dealing with stuff. Some people deal with it different than others. That's it. And I want to empower the people who are going through things to, to understand your journey is unique. So you've got, you know, all of these experiences and things that have gone into you. And I call it the brain stew, right? So you've just got this stew boiling in your brain 
um, of all the things that you've experienced in life. And that means that your mental health situation is going to be unique as well. And you're going to have to navigate that. And I just want to make people feel comfortable with, you know what, I I have this belief that um, I don't want to take medication for my mental health because it's against my religion or it's this or that and whatever. And I, I just want you to feel like, understand that's okay. You, you find the path that works best for you. And we're going to be behind you the whole way on that journey to find the recipe of success so that you can live a better life, better quality of life. However, that is, however long that takes, um, you know, for me, it was, it's, it's many, many years of, ups and downs, roller coaster ride. And like it, it would craziness. Um, but that's what I want. I want people to feel like they can take control of that. Don't, you know, feel like you have to do it this way or that way. We're going to empower you to find your own path. Um, and, and reach for that, you know, better quality of life on a consistent basis on your terms. However, that comes together. Um, it can be a real challenge to navigate how, Am I going to function and get to work tomorrow? Or, you know, how am I going to pay for uh, a psychologist? How am I going to, there's so many things that go into it. So just helping people understand that, like maybe the first psychologist you see isn't going to be the right fit. Maybe the second one and the third one aren't going to be the right fit, but you got to keep working towards that. And we're here to help you. And it's okay on that path to have bad days, to be, not capable of, of doing the things you did yesterday because you're trying, you're putting energy into finding that route, that thing that's going to make you enjoy life more, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that for me is that's everything is that empowerment thing I think is the most powerful one, helping people feel like they can, they can do it. We got you however long it takes, whatever it takes, just keep going. We got you. Um, so that's the mission. Uh, and then there's on that letter, there's the why this was needed. Uh, and we touched on a little bit with, yeah. uh, you know, vulnerability is, is viewed as a weakness in the motorsports community. A lot of times uh, being vulnerable is, is something that people are like, well, yeah, you can't be successful and vulnerable. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can, cause I've won races as a race car driver being exceptionally vulnerable uh, in my own personal uh, matters. And so, um, and, and I, and those, you know, those races that I won were far more enjoyable because I was more deeply connected with who I was as a person, uh, and not doing it for outside influence, but for myself and the way that I wanted to. Uh, and so I want to, I want to have this initiative spread to the point that, um, we realize in the motorsports community as a whole that vulnerability is not a weakness. It's just a thing that people experience. We just, we, we can be vulnerable and we can be successful. Yeah, totally. Those two things can go together beautifully. Um, and so that's for me, that's, that's the other part of it. You know, that's the, why this is needed. That's the fuel behind it is knowing that um, I was a hot mess in the motorsports area when I was going through my mental health stuff and didn't feel like supported at all in that community. But I know now having brought lift the visor to life that there's a bunch of people that were around me who would have completely supported me, but I didn't know it. 
because vulnerability seems like a thing that's just oh, frowned upon in the motorsports community. So um, that's we're, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna create an environment where hopefully vulnerability is not looked down upon or just putting more emphasis on this is a supportive environment. Like we we may not think it in our own mind because we're we're struggling, but there are people there and that decal on the car or on the golf cart or on the, you know, the pit vehicle or the, the hauler, whatever it is, is going to help that situation would have helped me a ton. I know. Yeah. And that, you know what, like you, like you said, you're never sure about who's actually willing to help when who's around you. Right. Yep. And it's all now it's all about making sure people have that opportunity to know that you are, um, there to help. Right. Yep. Yep. Somebody sends me a note on, on Facebook messenger. I had one, uh, an old friend who was just like, Hey, I got to tell you this because now I know that, you know, we have this common ground, um, yeah. of the thing that we enjoy, but I, I got to tell you about my struggle. And I'm like, that's one I'm, I'm happy. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you told me and shared with me. And now we're allies on your journey and you're an ally on mine. And that's a beautiful thing. And whether we never talk again or not, they know there's somebody behind them that's got a common ground or common interest and we can go forward together. So that's a beautiful thing. It it almost makes me want to cry, John, like to be honest, because I, it's, that's the bigger thing that is not about me. That's the thing that is just like, I I'm one person and I know other people like yourself or, um, the, the many people who've bought decals are going to be in that same situation where somebody that is going to send them a note that they've maybe never even talked to at the track. And they're just gonna be like, Hey, I got to tell you, thanks for, you know, putting that decal on your car. It means a lot. And here's what I'm going through. So, yeah, yeah. It's huge. I I'm hoping, uh, uh, like I, it's, like I said, it's just, it's a small, I guess you could say it's almost a small token on my part to help uh, your initiative to bring forward this by just displaying a, a, a decal of any sort on, on the vehicle, right? It, it's a small token. It's a small price to pay to, to help, uh, to let people know, like, I am an ally. I'm not here to criticize you. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, that's not my job. I'm here to, to help and, and, you know, whatever you need, I'm here. Yeah. Right. Support. Yeah. And empower. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, how, so, uh, um, you know, I, I've, I've said a lot about supporting, uh, how can, how can people reach out and help support lift the visor in your journey? Um, well, I'd love to say that we've got <laughs> liftthevisor.com or liftthevisor.org. <laughs> I have registered them. Um, but I haven't bit the bullet yet on paying the, the hosting fees for the website, um, which is, you know, again, it's me thinking about how I want that money to be dispersed. And so for me, it's, you know, managing that stuff. So I I would say the best way to to reach us is through social media, like every handle, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram is all at lift the visor you there's a link there in every profile to get to the blog uh to donate to buy decals um i can't remember what the other option is on there but 
uh, that's probably the best way. And that's where our, you know, our content that has relevance to sort of the motorsports community and some of the ideas of, of things I've learned along the way that have worked for me and, and might be helpful for somebody else. Uh, and I'm hopeful that when we get more stories shared and I have some people who've offered uh, and are working on it, um, that we can get more of that stuff. So then it goes back to that empowerment thing where people see different stories from different people or different anecdotes about this worked for me. And I tried this and it didn't work. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on that um, it's a lot of work to think about. So if we can present some different ideas and different thoughts through that platform um, on our social media, then I think that's a really good connection point. And then if people want to go deeper, there's a link to dig in and, and check out the website, um, which will eventually have the, the two uh, domain names attached to it. Perfect. Um, yeah. I'm definitely going to be checking out that blog probably more often here. And uh, uh, I, I completely forgot. I, as soon as I saw that there were stickers for sale, I'm a sucker for stickers. So <laughs> I'll yeah, pull on them at squirrel. I'm going over here. Yeah. yeah I was like, stickers. I'm like, all right, more stickers. Yes. <laughs> you know, that, that was my reaction. And you know what, now that I know there's a blog, I'm for sure going to be checking that out more. Um, and Cause you know, it's always nice to hear other people's stories mm. and cause I feel like it helps. Me, John. It was huge for me. Yeah. I, I, that's, I would say during my darkest times, I, that's what I did. I would search, you know, this thing, whatever I was feeling yeah. and uh, something would pop up that would guide me or give me hope. And uh, that's, that's what I want this thing to be about. I want it to be about supportive hope, empowerment, find something that works for you, find a way people will help you. People will support you. And we're going to go forward and, and find better days ahead. There's yeah. going to be some bad ones too, along the way. It's part Always of the is. deal, but we're going to, yeah, we're going to find better days and more consistent number of them. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. So if you don't, if you, if you don't want to, this is totally up to you. Um, if you would like to, you're more than welcome. Here, to, right? I, I know. I'm sorry. I should have asked you this beforehand. <laughs> it's all good. Um, if you're mind. if you're more than willing to, would you want to share your story here right now? Uh, I'm happy to. It's a long story. Hey, um, I got time. I can cut this into episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, I have no uh, problem. The floor is yours. Uh, I don't know how long my my phone battery is going to last, <laughs> but we can let we can get into it. Um, you know essentially what happened was I, I made the decision at 34 years old that I was going to go and chase my dream of being a professional hockey coach. And uh, that was a shock to my system, not because of the actual coaching work, but making that decision, you know, societal pressures are huge on, you should have a career, you should have a this and a that, and it's all made up stuff yeah. if we're being honest. Right. So um, everybody needs to do that whatever feels right to them. Like if you don't get married till you're 35, I don't care. If you don't ever have kids, I don't care. If you have 10 kids, I don't care. Like do what feels right to you. Yeah. Um, and so going, I moved away uh, from London to Waterloo to coach full-time at the university of Waterloo, grabbed four other teams uh, to work with that year as a goaltending coach, which is my specialty. Uh, and I was assistant coach with the, the university team, as well as the goaltending coach. I did analytics and a few other things uh, that year. And uh, it started out fantastic. Like it was wonderful. I was on top of the world. Um, 
And then two or three months in, I, I started having, I didn't know it. Um, but I had anxiety like through the roof. So yeah. I would call my dad every week rehashing the same problems. And it's so obvious now when I look back on it, um, I was just, I was struggling in a, in a cycle over mm-hmm. and over again, every week, same cycle like this, that complaining about the same thing, struggling with the same thing. But I always, I always got through it. I always had success and finished yeah. that task that I was struggling with. Uh, and one particular thing I was working on was uh, I was leading skill development for the girls minor hockey association, which they have a partnership with the university to do this two nights a week through the hockey season. Um, and uh, I was in charge of creating the drills and staffing it. We would usually have six staff on the ice plus myself and, you know, 20, 20 to 30 kids out there in multiple stations. And I was just struggling with this bad. I had never done anything like that before in my life, organized it at that level. And that was, I think that was the thing that broke me uh, when I look back at it, but it just spiraled into everything else I was doing. So I ended up in my apartment, I would pace for 30 to 40 minutes at a time, trying to decide whether to have a shower. Same for trying to go out and get groceries, same for what was I going to eat for dinner, same for what was I going to wear when I went out. And I already knew, like, I'm going to wear my track suit, my hockey track, like, but this was my, yeah, and it is funny because it's really, it, it's, yeah, it's so strange that the simplest things were absolutely derailing, like, yeah, just ruining my life. Um, but it wasn't that it was a deeper, it was a deeper thing. It was all those stories I had told myself about the expectation of the job and the pressure of meeting somebody's expectation that I just created. It wasn't real. Like I just thought I had to do this thing this way to please this person, or, you know, I'm never going to be good enough to be that person or just bad self-talk, like so much bad self-talk. Yeah. Um, and so by the end of that season, I was toast. Um, I even, I went back and talked to the coach about it afterwards. And he's like, you were just weird at the end of the year. Like you were, I could tell you weren't the same person. Um, and I just went into his office and I, like, I'm done. I didn't give him an explanation. I nothing. I didn't even know that I was bad. I just thought I failed. Yeah. Um, so I went into his office and said, Hey, I'm done. I'm out. And he's like, okay. Uh, cause that's what we do as men. We don't talk about stuff. We don't ask questions. It's just like, okay, he thinks he knows best and I am not going to say anything and away you go. Yeah. Um, and so I left and, uh, I was, I was completely distraught. I had made this big career change and moved away and, um, and I was a failure at it. And so I think you can probably guess where this spiraled into. It went from anxiety about yeah. all the, the expectations and the negative self-talk to depression. And uh, I still did some coaching stuff, but I just wasn't myself. Uh, and I injured my sciatic nerve. I actually pinched it real bad. Oh. And being a typical guy, I pushed it too far and did so much damage that I couldn't even sleep in my own bed because it was yeah. too stiff. So I had to lay on the couch uh, in like the, the cushion crack like yeah. this. Uh, I couldn't walk without, a, I had a limp for like two months. Um, and that just sent me down deeper. And, and th- at that point, um, this was like four months after the hockey season had ended. Uh, that's when the suicidal thoughts started coming consistently two or three times a day. I was sitting yeah. there brewing up, like, how am I going to do this? What is going to 
how am I going to end this? I just can't do this anymore. Um, and, and, you know, it's odd how things come around that bring you out of that. And like I said before, I was Googling stuff like, what can I, who's feeling the same thing and what can I find? Yeah. Uh, and that was really helpful. But the thing that always brought me back and it, it does still to this day, I don't understand why that was the thing was my nieces and nephew. And I thought, how disappointed are they going to be that their uncle decided to take this way out instead of fighting to find the solution? And that was always the answer that came to me every time that I was like really, really close to pulling the trigger Yeah, was what you can't do that to them. You cannot leave them with this impression. You have to fight through and find a way. And I had no yep. clue what the way was going to be, John. I had no, I, I had no hope. I hated the world, literally hated it. Um, but that was the thing that always kept coming. And so, uh, I was a disaster, like I was partying tons, drinking a whole bunch, just a mess, uh, yeah. philand- like, you know, just, just a bad human, but I, mm-hmm. most people would say it wasn't that bad, but I felt horrible. Yeah. Um, and I got, uh, an opportunity to coach at the university of Western Ontario, just as the goalie coach helping out their goalie coach left partway through the year. I think it was a month or two into the season and, um, the coach at Waterloo actually put me in contact with that head coach. And I said, sure, I was in no condition to do it. Yeah. Um, but I did it anyways. Cause I didn't know anything else. I was just like, I got to go do this. And it was all right. But I just, I just survived that year. Like I barely managed to, I had good, some really good days where I was on fire, but a lot of bad ones. Yeah. Uh, and I made bad decisions. I was drinking like a fish, like just bad choices. And uh, that actually ended up getting me, let go uh after the season was over yeah uh, i had plans to continue on um strangely oddly enough the day i was let go i had gone to a mental health seminar in the morning um with the head coach and uh it was it was i deserved everything that i got as far as an employee i was not a good one uh i did a good job as a coach like getting results but i was not just not I just, just wasn't a good dude. Um, and so I, I lost that. That was a dark, 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 dark moment. I had no direction, no job, no nothing. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, I, I was scouting and bumped into the head coach from Waterloo and he's like, what are you doing? And like, what is, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, man. Like, I don't know. And this was before I had gotten let go. So we were scouting just end of the season kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, well, if you want to come back, I, I'll, I'd like to have you back. And I'm like, all right, let me think about it. Cause I, I'm, I know I'm a, a train wreck uh, yeah. and I don't want to go back and let him down again. Um, I thought about it for a while and that was a, that was a change in my way of doing things. Cause I was always a snap decision guy. Like, yeah. Go with the flow, go with the moment. Like there it is. And, and, uh, I just was like, no, I need some time. I got to think about this. So I, I don't know how long I took, but it was a, a you know, couple of weeks at least of just sitting on it. And I felt guilty the whole time I wasn't doing it because I'd programmed myself to make those quick decisions and don't keep people waiting and all these yeah. stories I told myself, right? Um, and I took the opportunity. I went back uh, and uh, it it was tough, no doubt. I felt a lot of 
you know, um, guilt over leaving the first time, uh, abandoning, abandoning, you know, the team and yeah. the coach and whatever. And, uh, but I got through it and I worked through it. And, and at this point I had, had disclosed to the head coach what I had gone through. So he knew, so we were on the same page, like I'm struggling. I'm going to have good days, bad days. We didn't really go that deep, but he knew yeah. that it was, he was inviting, you know, a wolf back into the sheep's den kind of thing. But I had learned my lessons and I was, I was progressing um, in my decision-making ability. Yeah. So what am I, what am I doing today? Uh, that's helpful and hurtful to the path that I want to travel on. What do I really need to accomplish? And I, and there's days you make mistakes and you need to be kind to yourself on those days as much as any day and just say, it's okay to make a mistake. I'm learning, I'm reprogramming all of those thought processes that just run automatically now, like have a drink and you'll feel better. Yeah. There's a country song about that, right? Tons Uh, Tons of them. And, and, you know what? It does make you feel better in that moment. It, it frees you from the thought process that's yep. really bugging you, but it doesn't reprogram your brain. It doesn't stop that thought from coming back. No, it doesn't. Tomorrow or 10 days from now or 10 months from now. And so that was where I really started to learn the process of what I needed to do was in that first year back at Waterloo. And I, and I was analyzing, you know, my behavior and there was, I made mistakes, no doubt about it. Um, but I got better every time and I had compassion for myself and went through that. And, you know, now, um, how many years later are we? So that was 2016, 17, I think that I went back, uh, we're in 2021 now. And I had this year, I actually went out on my own. So I, I, I resigned as an assistant coach two seasons ago and just stayed on as the goaltending coach and started my own business as a, as a goalie coach consultant and I had 15 teams the previous season this season was a little bit down because of COVID it was an interesting year and getting in and out of rinks and timing like I could show up a little bit different in timing wise um so sure I think I had 12 teams that I was working with and like as many as 50 goalies I do a lot of private training um and uh and I'm I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Uh, I've, I've figured out the important things and I've pushed myself to grow and rewire my brain. So now when I have a decision to make, it's, it's, let's say 50, 50, it's probably more like 60, 40 to the good side. So that moment when it's like, Hey, let's go have a drink. I can overpower that and, and have good reason and understanding. And I have, um, I have evidence to prove that that decision is better than the other one. So I know that the drinking is going to be fun, but I know that being fully conscious the next day and being able to perform at my best for my students is going to be way, way more enjoyable. Yeah. And until, and I, I mean, I was a partier since high school, so I never knew that other way. I had to program my brain to know that there's another way that's more enjoyable than the one that you've trained yourself to believe you let loose at the end of the day, you, whatever. Um, and so that's where I am now. I mean, I, I, I came back to the racetrack. I had a blowout in 2016 when I was going through all that stuff with my family's race team and quit on May two, four weekend, the first weekend of the year, there was a lot of stuff going on with the race car and it was frustrating. But like you said before, I snapped 
Yep. I didn't have any rational thought in my brain. I was just, I was done. I had no uh, desire to have a conversation about it. Nothing. Uh, so I quit in 2016, came back in the fall of 2017, tested at one race one day. I think we made two or three runs and then won the first race of the year in 2018. And that was, I attribute that 100% to my new thought processes about how I behaved and what I wanted out of the activities that I did. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I, I eat way cleaner than I used to. I do. I, I have better habits that feed into what I want. And this is not, everybody's going to be different in how they flow and what feels good and what doesn't. And my, I've, I've just found the recipe that works for me and it works consistently. And that's what I hope for other people. I want other people to find that recipe that works for them where they feel like they're in control of the decisions they're making and the result that they're getting. That's really, you know, whether it's medication or whether it's, you know, the food you eat or the, you know, the meditation you do or the books you read or the TV show that you watch to unwind or whatever it is, go like, just find it. Let's find it together. Let's find that, that path. Um, yeah. Cause I, I did, I was really lucky to have the support I did. Uh, and that's a huge part of why I'm doing here, doing this, creating lift the visor, because I, I, we need, people need support. That's all they need. If they feel supported, they can, they can navigate that thing. If they feel like they can stumble and make a mistake and still have that support, they're going to be able to push through and find the next level of comfort or the next level of treatment or the next level of whatever, whatever it is. Um, I I've been on that journey and I, and I felt that and, um, you know, uh, I just, I, I just want other people to feel like they can accomplish that same thing. Yeah. With the support of the people around them. And we're going to be, we are going to be okay. We're going to have bad days, good days, really bad days, really great days, but just keep going and trying to find that recipe that works for you. And that's, that's it. So that's, that's my story in a nutshell. It's, I think it's a lot longer than that. They usually, you know, you read an art or you see an article (laughs) on the the internet and it says like eight minute read. Mine's probably like 80 minutes. No, it's, you know what? it's a long story, um, yeah. but it's, it's a, it's a, I think it has some relevance definitely for some people oh. who are out there right now, probably listening oh, yeah. to this going like, Hey, uh, I've snapped at the racetrack and lost my S H I T. And, um, I, 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 I know that's a problem. I yeah. need to, to think about that. So maybe I'll reach out to Jory and say, Hey, you know, what'd you do? How'd you, how'd you overcome that? How'd you go back? Yeah. Uh, you know, because the embarrassment of going back uh, yep. to an environment where I snapped on everyone and it was pub- like it was loud and it was out there yep. and people knew, um, you know, how do you deal with that? Because that's a tough thing to deal with. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to other people sharing their stories and getting them up on that blog so that there's a diverse group of things that somebody can tap into and just say like that resonates with me and what I'm going through right now. And it, you know, my story might resonate with you further along or in the beginning or maybe never. And that's okay too. Um, I just, I think the more we put our, our stories out there and share what we've gone through and how we went through it. uh, And I fully intend to share some more depth about, you know, the things I've discovered 
uh, along the way. Um, but just in general, my, my story is one of like anxiety leading to depression, leading yeah. to suicidal thoughts, leading to rewiring my thought processes about life and what I thought was the right way to do it versus what actually was the right way to do it, which was just me being more authentic to me and not letting outside influence drive how I made decisions. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, honest, I'm going to be flat out honest with you here. Honestly, uh, your, uh, your story resonated with me mm. because of, uh, my girlfriend actually, mm. um, a lot of what you were just mentioning, it honestly brought flashbacks for myself, not in the sense of what I was going through, but in the sense of what my girlfriend was going through. Um, you know, we were friends at the time. We weren't actually dating yet. Um, but, you know, she had, she, she's, she has a lot of anxiety. And it, again, it led to depression. It led to her drinking and it was an excess. And it's a pretty common oh, story, John. Sorry. It is. It's a pretty common story. And it's, it's a pretty common it's path. So, so terrible. Yep. It, it's so terrible to hear, you know, people, um, that that end up going down that road and you know like you said it goes further it goes with the suit then it goes towards the suicidal thoughts and you know i I, i've watched tv like i I hate to bring in entertainment because it's entertainment for you but i've seen it in tv shows like i i've watched uh uh what's the dang it i'm trying to remember what the show is called now uh it was uh lethal weapon yep uh rigs you know, like I've, I've watched those, yep. shows. I've watched some of those things I've watched. Uh, I, like I've seen people go through depression and I would have never thought people, people that I know that mm. who, you know, who always seem to be going out, you know, going good and everything like that. They got it together. And, and it's always the ones that are always, I, I find who are the most out, not out there, sorry, but most, um, enjoying what they're around mm-hmm. are the ones who are going through the toughest times as well. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, it's something I still can't wrap my head around because we, I guess I just haven't thought about it that much, but there's, you're right. They're usually the ones who are seem to be enjoying the thing they're doing the most, like whether it's drinking or whether yeah. it's at the racetrack or whether, and it's, it's like this, um, it's, it's the escape or it's yep. the, there's something there that allows us to forget all of the other stuff that we were dealing with. But as soon as we go away, like into our own space where we can ruminate on those things, yeah, it comes, it comes full circle. And I, so for me, I just started going into that space more often and forcing yeah. myself to be there when I felt comfortable that I wasn't going to do anything drastic. Yeah. Um, and, and coming to grips with, okay, why am I feeling this? What is this thought process? Where is it coming from? Um, what's driving it and how can I change it? How can I, how can I, um, think about it differently? How can I catch it and yeah. then be like, no, that's not a helpful thought. Um, it's, it's not something that's going to put me where I want to be in this moment. So what do I do? And it's, it's, it's incredibly tough. Um, but you're, yeah, it just, it's, I think it, I, I can't, I'm not going to say that it is escaping, but there's something about 
that escape yeah. that heightens our level of enjoyment. It's like the roller coaster and the highs are really high. And I said this uh, when I first started experiencing that, those moments of going inside myself and figuring out what was going on. Yeah. Um, the, the, the highs went from like the roller coaster ride in life is like this. It was like zoom, boom, yeah. zoom, boom. And it was exactly those things. It was like that night out. And then the next day was like off the cliff, yeah. gone, laying there, hating myself, like mm-hmm. hating on myself. And um, it was, it literally was just like I said earlier, reprogramming that. What do I want out of this? That's, that's me. And, yeah. and I only have one identity. I'm the party guy or I'm the whatever guy and uh, reframing that and being like, well, that's just who you think you are, but you're not that. And uh, it's different for everybody what that thing is or why they feel that way. Like I wasn't neglected as a kid. I wasn't, but I, I had a tough dad and like that yep. brain stew is different for everyone, how they got to that point. But oh, anxiety is anxiety, depression's depression. How you get out of it is going to be different for you than me or anyone else because your experiences have been different to lead you to that point. So yeah. we can diagnose anxiety. We can say you're anxious. You can see it. You can feel it. But how you got it, I can't tell you that. You have mm-hmm. to find that for yourself. What is the thing or the things that are making you feel that way? And it's not necessarily the things that are happening in your day-to-day life right now, but a lot of stuff that's in there from way back yeah. that you just don't even know is there. Like your subconscious is just running that program saying like, yeah, this is who you are. or You're not good enough or you're whatever. And it's just pumping in there all the time. Like I used to look in the mirror. This is a good little story. It's just a simple thing. I used to look in the mirror and be like, man, your teeth are crooked and your, you know, your nose is a little crooked. And like, we've all done this. We've all had that negative self-talk, but mine was real bad. It got real bad where I was picking myself apart nonstop. And it wasn't just looking in the mirror, but that's one little section where I actually would look in the mirror and catch that thought and be like, no, that's a lie. I'm, I'm, I look fine. Look at me. I'm good. I got a great smile. I'm like, you know, and it's just reprogramming your brain, but where that came from, where did that come from? I don't know. Where did that thought about like, you're, you're not attractive enough for your, you know, your teeth aren't straight enough. Like, where did that come from? And, yeah. and I don't know, it was put planted in there from marketing or from TV shows or somebody said to me once, I don't know, but it's different for every person. What is, what is in there that's making you feel that way, making you feel anxious, making you feel depressed. It's everybody's different in how they get to that place. What are the things that are pumping in their head? So, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, uh, I, you know, I even think about it now, like, uh, just a lot of things. Like, I can, I can start attesting to a lot more personal things, um, mm. that you know, you, you just kind of, uh, not triggered on me, but in the sense, kind of like touched on, yeah, yeah. And you know, like, I, I, I've, I'm very down on myself a lot of the times, mm. and I, I'll full on admit that. Um, even my girlfriend, she, she gets mad at me for saying it, <laughs> you know, she's, I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm yeah. that. And she, she's like, no, the fuck you're not. I'm right. sorry for cursing, but no, that's, that's true <laughs> <It's>, though. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? I just, I, 
it and I know a lot of that is the way I see myself even though I'm 28 years old is I'm still thinking back to those kids when I was 11 10 12 you know nine even and they were like you're never going to be good enough you're never you know you're you're ugly you're this you're that and to this Mm -hmm. day I still think about as much as I don't want to think about it I I still think about those people who said those words to me because now I look at myself and be like how the hell could anyone say things like that to another human being and you know it's it's i'll admit like a lot of things i go through i go through silently i i will Mm -hmm. fully admit but my escape i guess you could say is give me a 30 minute car ride Mm -hmm. and let me listen to my music i'll turn my phone off put it on silent whatever i'll turn it around in the holster for all i care about um so i don't see anyone's name pop up give Mm -hmm. me 30 minutes to an hour let me go for a drive and when I come back, I'm going to be a new person. And I just need that silent escape. I guess you could say I need that meditation. Session. Yeah. Yep. You know, it it's, I, there's been times I've, I've, um, me and my, uh, my ex, we've gotten into fights and I've, I've left and I went for one mm-hmm. night. I left at six o'clock at night. I didn't return till one o'clock in the morning. I drove from Guelph, Ontario to Windsor mm-hmm. to like to like the street that the border is on yep which I think is a roundabout now actually and I'm like okay I've gone far enough mm. I kept driving until I felt that was the line until, yep. yeah been there I, I've I've totally. had I, I've had I had my passport in my vehicle with me I could have crossed the border if I wanted to keep going mm-hmm. but I didn't feel I needed to do that part yep so I turned around to that u-turn and started driving home Yep. I, and I didn't need anyone to talk to me. I didn't need anyone to, uh, but a lot of, I will admit a lot of things I go through, I go through silently, mm-hmm. but that's the way I've always dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and that's okay. Oh, 100%. It, a lot of people can do that. And, and the important thing is, is that, you know, if you ever need more, if you yeah. need somebody to talk to that, you have that, that's, yeah. that's what it is. Cause everybody's got to do this differently. Like what you're telling me yeah. and from all of the, the reading that I've done and all the things that I've done. And I love a car drive too. Like it's, it's so therapeutic and people are like, Oh, oh yeah. how can you stand driving that long? And I'm like, I just, it's, it's a release. It's a it, let it's go. And you just what you said, you, you released everything you needed to on that drive to Windsor. And that was the point where it was like, okay, I can go back now. I'm clear. Yeah. Um, but that's meditation. That's, that's like meditation. People think of you sitting there like this and you're like, uh, uh, but that's not it. No. It's, it's, it's allowing your brain to calm. It's just yeah. allowing your body to calm. It's allowing those things to flow through. And whether you know it or not, you're analyzing in those moments, um, why and how and what, and, uh, that's actually a thing you can build more strength in where, like I'm saying, I was standing there looking in the mirror and the bad thought was coming in, like your teeth yeah. are terrible and I'm changing it up in here. And then out the other side is like, no, oh, it's just your smile. It's great. Like yeah. use it more. And then yeah. um, 
you know, that becomes a power that you have if you nurture it and some people need it. Some people don't, it yep. doesn't really matter. Like just, you know, know that you ever need support. It's there. That's the important part. That's what oh, we need. 100%. We need a group of people, not calling people names, not judging, just saying it's all good. However you need to get through this. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I yep. know like the the girl I'm with now. She she's a great supporter. You know, she's if I know I have an issue, um, I know I if and it's exceeded what I need to, I know I can reach out to her. I got a couple of really really good close family friends of mine. Um, they're they're more like family than anything, and you know what? Like I if I need to reach out to them, I've reached out to them a few times, mm-hmm. and you know what? No matter what time they're always willing to call and talk and yep. make sure I'm doing okay. Make I check in on them, make sure they're doing okay. Um, because I understand how hard it is to go through stuff and I don't want people feeling the way I feel sometimes. Mm. Right? And that's, then that's to me, that's like the ultimate goal is you don't want to see people struggle the way you have. You want to help them. You want to embrace them yep. and, um, not guide them or direct them, but you want to help them down the path that's going to help, th- but let them make their decisions um, to help them uh, get better in their, in their search. Right. Yep. Yeah. I want, I want people to feel like, you know, comfortable to share that story that you just shared and say, you know, I, I've got my system that works for me right now, but also know that someday that system might not work anymore or the thoughts might not come anymore. I yeah. don't know how that's going to, I can't tell you how that's going to happen because exactly, right? there's no way to know, but um, just knowing that there's more people who care, there's more people who are kind, there's less judgment, there's this and that um, is what, that's what we're trying to create. That's what we need. We need um, you to, uh, replace that thought process of the people who were mean to you with more people who are going to be nice to you. Yeah. And then that becomes less of a thing that we focus on. I believe anyways, I think when it's, you know, our brain and there's so much stuff about like scientific stuff about why our brains go to the negative things more than the positive things. Like it's a, uh, it's related to, as far as I understand it, our, our original intent on this earth, which was hunting, and gathering and we had to have a a recognition of fear in order to save our lives um we don't have that anymore we don't we're not constantly evading animals or other people trying to kill us for our territory so that um that fear uh portion of our brain turned into a it focuses on negative things and it's just a natural inclination that humans have because it's it's um grown in that way, it's part of our brain and it, it focuses on negative instead of fear now in our society. And so we come by that naturally. And for some yeah. people, I just had this conversation with a friend the other day, for some people, it's more heavily weighted to negative and other people it's, it's 50, 50 and some people it's 60, 40 to the good side. So it's easier for them to slide in and out of it. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that one singular thing alone gives you hope that you can, find a way to navigate whatever it is that's coming on. So you know that you're naturally inclined to go towards the negative stuff. Like those kids, there's been tons of people who have said, John, 
you're a great guy and you're i have the same problem john like the exact same thing you're saying to me yeah so many people have pumped my tires and i and i blow that away for the hey you're stupid or the hey you're whatever and and that's a natural as far as i understand it and i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor but my my reading tells me that this is natural so going to that negative stuff is natural. Now, when you know that you have power now yeah. because you go, okay, this is a human condition. This is a natural thing that happens in my brain, but I'm not going to let it happen as much as it does now. And yeah. I'm going to ignore that. And I'm going to replace it with like a, a I'm good kind of yeah. vibe or whatever. And um, again, it goes back to that thing. Like n- nobody can tell you what you're, you know, your breakdown is like, whether you go 60% to the negative or 40 or what, nobody knows. There's no way to decide that you have to know. I'm thinking about this in a negative way. I could think about it in a positive way. Why do I think about it in a negative way? Cause that's a natural human emotion. So it's not even, I'm not even a bad person for doing that. That's just biology making me do that, but I don't want to think that way. So I'm going to work on replacing that thought. And I'll admit it's, I've, I've, I've swapped it where yep. I've now overconfident myself. Right. Right. I will. I, 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 there's a, I know there's a picture on my Instagram. We, um, I used to work at a trailer factory down in Hamilton and we found a still put together. They didn't cut it up at the, wherever we got our rags from. And they were just like general shop rags. Not even like uh they were just like old clothes and whatnot. Yep. There was still a full shirt that was not cut up. Okay. And it ended up being a woman's large. I think it was the guys I, I, I worked it. with are awesome. I ended up fitting in it. Yep. And I was, just, you know, I started doing the Chris Farley fat guy and a little co- <laughs> I love it. I, <laughs> I, love I did it. the whole rip thing too. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. I, like I said, I got it. I know I got a picture on my personal Instagram about that one and yep. I put the caption, um, uh, if you think I'm sexy or, or uh, if you like my body, if you think I'm sexy or something like that. And you know what? Sometimes I just needed to, I always look at that and I start laughing. I'm like, you know what? That is, that this is, is it. Yeah. I, I like to overconfident myself. Yeah. Correct. And you're, you're just trying to rewire your brain to get that negative thought to not show up as much and replace yeah. it with that thought that men, and this is the beautiful thing is you can do it it takes work. It's not just like snap my fingers and it's okay. And some people can't do it and they need the help of medicine and that's okay too. You know, it's, it's, it's just knowing it and being like, it's okay that I'm thinking that, that I'm letting that negative thought come in there because that's human nature. Yeah. But what am I going to do about it? Cause I don't want to allow it to continue to happen. So I'm going to get medicine, medicine to help me not have that happen. Or am I going to work on it? you know, staring in the mirror for an hour, just being like, wait for that negative thought. There it is. And nope, not going to listen to you anymore. Yeah. Um, And uh, it's different for everybody. Like I can't stress that enough. The theme of this entire podcast episode is it's different for everybody. And that's all we need to know. You think that this person should do it this way? No. Throw that away. Your judgment is not valuable here. All you need to do is say, let's get you whatever you need to have more better days than bad days. That's it. And that's the support people need. So, yeah.
uh, you know, like we, I'm sure we can keep talking about this we for could, hours. We could, go, we could. I could um, talk for hours. You know what? How about this? I would like to personally ask you right now to come back on. I, yeah. I'll say October, November right now. Yep. Um, I would love to bring you back on after the season's over and we'll, yeah. we'll continue this conversation because this is definitely not a conversation that it'll, it, I, I, that it, this is a conversation that can go on for hours. It right. Is. And, and it's yeah. a much needed conversation. Um, Absolutely. But if you're more than willing to, I would love to have you back mm. on later on this year to talk more about lift the visor, your background in, in motorsports. Um, uh, and, and you know what, just keep talking about um, dealing with our mental health and, and making sure we're coming out on the positive side, no longer the negative side. Yep. Trying to, trying to find that, that happiness, whatever it is for yeah. you. Yep. Exactly. Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, the more we can talk about this stuff and have these conversations where we're just sharing what's in yeah. there and there's no, no feeling of judgment, no, nothing. That's the environment or the, the culture that I want to create. I want people to just feel like it's all good. It doesn't matter. You're yeah. feeling crappy. Yeah. Good. Let's talk about it or let's not just know I got you. What do we need to do now to get you? better for sure so you can enjoy life more yeah and hopefully exactly. i mean we've already got stickers in texas illinois Eggs, yeah. and all over ontario so yep. who knows where we'll be by the time october rolls around with your help and everybody's you know support, what man it's, it's gonna be a it i'm sure by then you're gonna have a lot i'm not gonna be able to cut stories. the decals fast enough to <laughs> send them out because i'm doing that all by hand so uh yeah i, I think yeah it's it's a gonna be a cool cool ride it is for sure yeah. Um, is there anyone before we wrap up here, is there anyone you want to thank in your journey, uh, to get into where you have been so far? It's a, it's, I mean, there's only, I, I want to share a little story. So okay. my mom and dad, without them, I wouldn't be here without a question. Like yep. I wouldn't have been involved in racing. Um, I wouldn't have had a place to go when I had my breakdown. I wouldn't have had a place to, to rely on. Uh, to go back to, if I knew I was going to have another breakdown, um, yeah, I had a support system there. Here's the thing though. My dad does not understand it at all. He is part of the reason that I've created this because his acceptance level for it is very low. Yeah. Um, but unrelenting support if I needed it to a point to a fault, right? Like yep. he he's an old guy yeah <laughs> stuck you know in how ways. they're set in their ways it, totally um and i and and part of my journey has been accepting that learning to accept that and and allow him to see me in my journey yeah and gain some different perspective on things and um so you know really the only two people who are my mom and dad they're the only two that without them i would not be here doing this right now um, because I wouldn't have been involved in motorsports. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be alive. I don't think if it wasn't for them bringing me in, letting me come home and suffer through what I suffered through in their basement um, yeah. at 36 years or 35 years old. Like that's just an indescribable thing that they did for me that 
there's, uh, I don't even, you know, and I, and I want the story, I want the moral of the story to be that my dad does not understand it. He cannot comprehend it, but he yeah. was supportive. And that's, that's it. If you're a racer who doesn't understand mental health and, and, you know, thinks whatever, you can still be supportive. You can still be a person who says it's okay that you're going through something and we're going to get you to wherever you need to get to. And that's like, my dad did that for me. My mom, she's my mom. She's a loving human being, right? Like moms yeah. are yeah. Um, for the most part. And uh, so, you know, just that, that contradiction between my dad's beliefs or thoughts and what he, his actions were, were so powerful to me in my journey. And I've learned so much, like so much of the things that I've, I've overcome have been through observing him and the way that he lives his life and, and thinks about things and, and gaining acceptance for him being an old guy who's stuck in his ways. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, those are the, those are the only two people. I mean, there's been so many influences obviously along the way. Like um, if I, it, you know, one book that was like that I call my Bible, not to downgrade the level of the Bible for people yep. who are very religious, but uh, it's the book that I go back to over and over again. I've read it eight times in the last, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. And I have conversations about it all the time with people um, is the four agreements. It's, it's essentially be impeccable with your words. So say things that you mean, don't say things that are made up just to help make other people feel good or like, just be a kind, gentle human with your word. Um, and, uh, you know, no, don't judge people. Don't make assumptions. Those there's, I can't remember the fourth one, but, um, you know, that book was instrumental in my recovery, my healing, my journey, you know, discovering new ideas about how I could take control over what I was experiencing. Um, so, you know, if we're, if we're giving credit to things, my parents, number one, without them, none of this exists, me included. And two, that book was a guiding, like a guiding light for me to help me guiding principles, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Jory, it has been a, a very, it has been, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you for the Same. last hour and 45 minutes according to my top <laughs> yeah. top clock up on my top right here. Um, yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, like I said, I hope I look forward to having you back on later this year. Um, I, I wish you all the best with lift the visor and uh, you're, you're along for the ride now. You can't uh, get out. I'm dude. I, <laughs> I appreciate I'm invested. Trust me. And I'm guaranteed. Yeah. I'm yeah. guaranteed in a few, probably in about a week or so here, you might have another order from me. So yeah. I might be uh, <laughs> okay. buying up some more stickers okay. if I can put stickers okay. anywhere I can. So, right. Yeah. Well, I know when people have water bottles and whatever, and like, I, I just thought, you know, stickers made sense to me because of the racing connection, right? Yeah. Like we all have decals on our car. You're absolutely and then correct. my one buddy goes, you know, people love stickers on their laptop and their water bottles and all that. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh I never thought of that, but that's true. They do. So, oh, yeah. Hey, the more we can get out there. He took one and he's not a racing guy at all. And he's like, if I can start a conversation with somebody yeah. about mental health 
just because of this sticker. He's like, that's, that's, I, you've accomplished your goal. It's not even motorsports related. He's just yeah. like, somebody's going to ask and be like, what's lift the visor. Yep. And then we're all of a sudden we're talking about it and creating that environment that we all hope for. That's kind and compassionate and supportive. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's, like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be as much as support as I can. Um, if you need any help, please reach out. I'm more than willing to help in any way, shape Appreciate or form. It. Um, yeah. like I said, um, we're going to bring you on again later this year. We'll like, this is a conversation that we're going to need more parts for. Um, <laughs> I think we have three parts already. The, this the, one, so. <laughs> well, I'm going to send this one out. I'm not, I got no issue yeah. sending out a two hour one. Um, Let it go. Because this is going to be one that people are going to want to listen to. And they're going to be so engaging in this, um, from, from the get go. So yeah, man, thanks again, once again, for coming on here. It was been a pleasure talking to you, getting to uh, interact with you face to face, even though it is through yeah. zoom. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. Hopefully one lot. day, hopefully one day I'll see you at a racetrack and we'll chat some more. You can bet on it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you have yourself a good night Yep. and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Awesome. All right, thanks so now. much, John. Bye. All right, guys. Once again, that was Jory Elliott from lift the visor we want to thank jory for jumping on with us this week and it was a pleasure chat with him again to know him um hopefully you guys were as uh engaged as i was listening to him about his story and how lift the visor came about and uh some of the other things we had talked about the uh summer showdown at delaware speedway uh growing up at the track being a track brat as he said um and hopefully you guys uh resonated with his story uh, and I know it's not hard talking about your personal journeys or whatever. Um, but it was definitely awesome listening to Jory on this program talk about it. Um, if you guys ever need to reach out to someone, please do not hesitate to reach out to uh, Lift the Visor at Lift the Visor on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you find him. Uh, myself at Jomo Media, guys. Um, if you guys need to reach out, let us know. We will uh, do what we can, um, as we always do, right? Um, make sure you guys are checking out uh, the driver's seat coming out here soon. I'm still working out the details on all that stuff, so please uh, stay tuned as that as we uh, go forward with that show. We're looking forward to it. We're looking for sponsors for, per episode, title sponsors. Um, if you guys are interested, please let me know. Um, it would be a pleasure having... Uh, uh, you guys as a sponsor on board. Um, as always, oh, go get Lift the Visor stickers. Go check out Lift the Visor. Um, link will be in the description going forward here. Uh, go, yeah, like I said, go pick up yourself a sticker. Read Jory's story. Um, pick up some Joe Media merch while you're in my bio. Um, in the link in bio there, guys. Go pick out a t-shirt, sweater, hoodie. Guys, we got tank tops for those summer days. Go pick up one of those. Um, I've got hats and you know, it's going to get hot this summer. Um, true North racing stuff, you know, uh, yeah, guys, we got a lot of stuff going forward, going here. So stay tuned. Um, once again, my name is John Morrison. You guys are listening to the true North racing podcast brought to you by Joe media and promotions guys. We will see you all next week. <laughs>